what we do here is go back, 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 back. And just so everyone knows, we did not forget about our yearly awards. Um, and the news just broke, and the Raider Take Podcast Listener of the Year is. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me as always is Andy McDonald. Sitting off screen right now is Mel Dreamy. Here in the flesh, uh, Andy is currently up in paradise visiting. Um, And so we're doing a a remote episode from the northern, northern part of Northern California. And uh, yeah, I guess if Dan didn't want to be on screen, that's perfectly fine. Not to call you out or anything, but... Anyways, we got a lot to get into, a lot going on with this Colts game. Uh, get you that preview, a lot to talk about in regards to the COVID stuff as well. But before we get into that, Andrew, how cold is it up there right now? It's not warm sitting, you know, sitting in Dan's on Dan's porch. It's very nice up here. It's very quiet. Dan's just assuming the role of a producer today. So he might chime in, but he's really here for quality control. So we need that, especially it's the last pot of the year. You know, we want to make sure we end strong, but I'm good. Um, I'm excited for for this game upcoming, so we can just jump into this thing. Yeah, definitely. So, lot like I said, a lot going on with you know going into this game with the COVID stuff. Uh, you know, they had some guys missing missing their game last week against the Cardinals. Uh, we had put like 11 guys on the COVID list somewhere around there uh, at the beginning of this week. Recently, the CDC had changed their guidelines, um, so of course the NFL. Jumped on it quickly to change theirs as well, um, coinciding with what the CDC says. Just so happened to be right to win the Raiders are making a push for the playoffs. Um, and we were gaining some, uh, you know, some headway, some uh, some good luck when it came to teams being out because of COVID stuff. But nonetheless, here we are. So the Colts, to touch on a couple of their guys that were out last game that they're going to be getting back this week. Um, guards Quentin Nelson and Mark Glowinski. Uh, they got Deanne Cromo Ture, and the biggest two outside of Quentin Nelson, linebacker Darius Leonard is back as of today, or as of yesterday. Cornerback Rocky Sin also back as of yesterday as well. So they do have a few more guys uh, on the COVID list. Biggest one that came out recently was uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, because of these new guidelines, it looks like he's probably going to be back by the game time. They changed it to five days instead of 10 days. And he also doesn't have to have a negative test. He just has to be doing better than he was previously. Who was it? Schefter, I think, was on Pat McAfee's show talking about how the parameters have changed so much uh, in regards to that, that he really just has to be out, you know, out for five days, isolate for five days. And as long as his symptoms are better, doesn't even have to be a negative test. As long as the symptoms are better, he's good to go. So a lot of controversy going on um, in regards to that. There was do a lot you, there. Do you understand it? Not really, no. Um, I mean, really, the CDC basically lowered their guidelines saying that isolation time instead of 10 days is down to five days. So the NFL quickly adapted that as well. Apparently, with those guidelines, they made it to where for asymptomatic people, you don't have to necessarily test positive. You just have to be moving forward in a positive way as far as your symptoms going away and things like that. Unless I'm in my... Am I mistaken on that? Did you find any? 
I, I don't know. I think it's just, it's changed so much. Like even, you know, we talked about it with the Browns game um, in June, you know, the NFL and the NFLPA agreed on, on the protocols, which basically if you couldn't field the team because of, you know, people being on COVID, you had to forfeit. And then that things have just changed and they flexed it. And so it's just, I'm just lost. I'm, lo- I'm more lost than I am in the ESPN playoff machine because I don't know, like, obviously it's like they're taking it serious, but then the CDC changes. So it gives them a reason to loosen it, but it's just convenient that we're getting into playoff time, getting into like, you're, you're not going to have a, a divisional game where Aaron Rodgers isn't on the field because he had the COVID list. Like the NFL is going to flex a little bit and make sure that they're still making money. So I don't know. I don't get it, but yeah. And the crappy part is that, well, they benefit more from this than we do because all of our guys with them being put on the COVID list on Monday, um, I believe majority of our guys were going to be able to come back regardless with how the old parameters were. Um, and definitely now because of the new parameters, but Carson Wentz would have completely been out. Um, I think there was a chance Darius Leonard could have still been out because he's unvaccinated and a few of their other guys that were brought back this week could have still potentially, you know, missed the game. But now here we are where it's just like, okay, everybody's basically back because they flex these rules and guidelines. It feels like it's more of like a, they were doing a lot of stuff to almost kind of save face. And then now that they're able to loosen things up, it's like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Loosen things up. Let's make it to where we're not losing money. Let's make it to where the Raiders don't make the playoffs because we hate them. Yeah. We're just never on the, the compliance side of things. And so the, the times that we finally are, we're like, Hey, cool. Maybe we'll benefit from it. We don't, we still don't benefit from it though. They'll still move things, try to get Baker to be cleared. And, you know, he still ends up not getting cleared, but they push our game two days out, you know? So I don't get it, but it's just, it, it kind of makes it tough to, to preview the game in a sense, because we don't know what Sunday is going to look like, but, but that's why we get paid the big bucks, Micah. That's why we were able to hire a producer. You know, that's what we have to do. We have to be able to be resilient and react um, to these things. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting. And, and this is almost like the, the opposite of the Browns game, whereas like a lot of the guys that were on the COVID list were probably were not going to play. It looks like majority of our team and their team, there's a good chance that people are going to play outside of a couple guys. Uh, the Raiders put, just put Darren Waller on the COVID list. He's been hurt. Um, they probably were kind of not expecting him to play anyways, but just to touch on a few things for the Colts, tight end Jack Doyle did not practice Thursday. Andrews and Deho safety from had a concussion. He did not practice. Eric Fisher, their tackle, he did not practice either. Uh, he did not have a head issue, but he had a shoulders, knee, and toe issue as well. So he probably won't play, which is a big thing for them. Maybe they're just trying to get him right. We'll see what happens with that. But just as much as the Colts got some guys back from COVID, we did as well. Uh, Jermaine Illuminor got activated. So did Brandon Faison. Roderick Teamer and Brian Edwards, uh, a lot of guys that you kind of touched on last time that were going to be out because of the COVID situation. They're now back, which is nice. I don't know if it was just from the standard protocol or because this new one kind of switched over, but we still got some guys, some big time guys, basically our whole linebacking core who is on COVID as well. Perryman, KJ Wright, Will Compton, Casey Hayward, and Mariota are still on COVID list. Most of them are probably going to get cleared uh, or at least be ready to be cleared by um, game time. Still haven't heard a whole lot from that, but because everything's changed around, like you said, things are so much up in the air. So um, I don't know if you have anything to touch on that. Yeah, and I think that Leonard and Wentz being able to be cleared, it sucks for us. But I do think with the change in um, how they flex it, it benefits us because 
like you mentioned, Perriman, KJ Wright, Compton, Hayward, those guys got put on, I think, Monday. Um, so that does benefit us to where they can turn around and play. So I think when, you know, we roll into Sunday, it's going to be a wash, you know, and then we're, it'll probably be, you know, our full full team against theirs. But also, as Dan mentioned um, just now, that uh, Carl Nassib got put on there, um, I believe, today or yesterday. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just kind of just reacting and people are coming off, you know, coming on and it, I don't get it, but we'll, we'll find out. Shafter will tell us, he'll let us know. Yeah. Very interesting. But, you know, within a matter of, you know, two days, we went from possibly seeing Sam Ellinger to when it's basically going to be ready to rock. Now hasn't had any practice all week. Obviously that helps, but Wentz is obviously a better quarterback than Ellinger is. So that doesn't help when we thought we were going to be, you know, in, in the benefit. But like you said, with getting our guys back as well, it almost is a wash because we were expecting them to have a bunch of people out. All of a sudden we were going to have a bunch of people out and then now here we are. So I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting. But I mean, if we could just look at it as far as just the injuries are concerned, you know, I know um, divine Diablo is he's questionable um, still. And then, but well, like you mentioned with uh, what's his name, Eric Fisher, um, he's out and also Braden's, I think Eric Fisher is going to be out and Braden Smith too. their other tackle. So, I um, mean, that's non COVID related, I believe. So, yeah, and I did uh, when I was looking at the injury report, and there was a, most of the guys on our roster either had limited practice or uh, full practices. The only player that did not practice, uh, I think, was Philon, um, and he was just rest a rest day or something like that. So Diablo was limited to practice, but you know that's obviously positive in regards to him, you know, playing and everything like that. So uh, when I was looking at the injury report in regards to non-COVID issues everything looked relatively good on our end compared to theirs. So, Yeah, I don't really have much else to, to touch on there. So, Yeah, well, we can get into this game preview. Before we do, let me tell you guys, the people, who this episode is brought to you by. Uh, as always, like I say every time, it's brought to you by DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. They score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Well, now that we have... Dovin, Dovin, dived, dived Dove? into, dove into the COVID situation, the injury list. Let's get into the preview. So Raiders play the Colts uh, this week in Indianapolis. You know, I didn't prepare like you normally prepare with the with the Lions. Oh, I got uh, it for you. Oh, you've got it. Okay. Well, I'm gonna kick it to you then. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick you back on your uh, your normal reins and hit us yeah. with all that info. Yep. So Raiders travel eastbound Indianapolis. The line kind of opened up before all this madness. Um, I think the Colts were 
seven and a half point favorites um, and moved down to six with the one snooze. Um, and now it's back up to seven. So Colts are favored by one tug um, over under is 44 and a half. So um, Raiders not getting a lot of love, which makes sense. Colts are hot um, and the Raiders have had two wins, but kind of by, uh, by some fortunate um, luck with, you know, Bridgewater being out with Baker Mayfield. So it makes sense. The line makes sense, but don't count us out guys. We're battle tested. We are battle tested. So Raiders seven point dogs over under 44 and a half, 10 AM Pacific standard time guys. So make sure that you're up and at them for that. So, so um, going into it, uh, underdogs, like you said, I'm going to kick it to you to start us off and just, you know, throw you under the bus in regards to just jumping on this thing. But we've seen where we're at on, you know, possible people being gone, people not being gone. And how do you think that's going to affect maybe just get a, a little bit of a little bit on both sides of the ball or you can start with one side or not. But how do you think yeah. that's going to affect the game in regards to the, the Raiders possibly being able to pull out a W because, you know, we need it. Yeah. Like I said, I don't really – just with the the looseness of these rules now, I think I'm just going to act as if it's going to be straight across and we'll just consider the actual injuries um, and folks that are out. So it's not a great matchup for us, to be quite honest. Um, you know, on the on their in defense side of the ball for them is, is their strong suit, um, you know, and that starts with Darius Leonard. Um, they're just – they're fast. They're a fast team, um, sideline to sideline, and they, they play aggressive and they kind of force you to beat them. You know, they, they'll press you. They'll send people – they can stuff, you know, stuff the run very well. They got dudes in the back end that, you know, our strong suit is in the passing game. I know that we <clears throat> showed a little bit with the run last week, but it's going to be a tough matchup for us. And, and you know, as much as the defense has done well, I think even in these wins, we've, we've said, hey, we can't really – we're not the Colts. The Colts can win off their defense in a strong running game, you know, but that's just not our brand. So the offense has to get rolling at some point, and this is not a favorable matchup <laughs> for us to do that. You know, Waller was actually pegged to be back this week in general from his injury. So even with the COVID, um, him being on the COVID list, I feel, I still think he has a chance and that would be huge for us. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really look at this, um, you know, as, as something that a very favorable matchup for the Raiders, I guess, as far as our offense is concerned, but on the defensive side, you know, somehow, you know, some way we've actually had, I've um, been pretty stout in the run um, last week, you know, had a tough matchup against the Broncos and, and held them to 18 yards. And I think that had a little bit to do with kind of that vanilla approach um, in the passing game for the Broncos. But, you know, I think you look at, at Wentz, he's someone that, you know, he, I think against the Cardinals, he was, or no, it was against the, the Patriots. He was like seven for 12 for 58 yards, you know, <laughs> and they won the game. So they're going to, they're going to try to pound us. Um, and that's fine. I think getting Hankins back is huge. Dan and I were talking and Darius Phylon, 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 uh, whatever. He had a good game last week um, filling in for that, you know, um, being getting probably the, the majority of the snaps. So he Phylon he, in in that position. We had Phylon, Phylon, Phylon in, Phylon in, in that, like filling in. I'm sorry. I just yeah, no, popped I in my head. Had to, uh, sorry to disrail you. No, we'll, 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 we'll play around with that. It'll work. But yeah, I think, um, you know, with the confidence that the, you know, the defense has shown, especially in the run game, Perriman is huge. You know, it's huge to have him back if we can get him back off the COVID list. And obviously, KJ Wright hasn't really jumped off the, you know, the paper from stats wise or anything like that. But I think he's played a good role and he's been very, you know, we could put him at, we can put him at Mike, we can put him, you know, at Whip or we can put him in that kind of that slot linebacker too. So um, he's been good for us from a rotational standpoint. Um, and then also having Nate Hobbs, he kind of fills into that 
that nickel linebacker um, a little bit too. So um, Jonathan Taylor, he's a stud. Like there's, there's no doubt about that. Even with their, basically their whole offensive line out last week against the Cardinals, they still, he was still able to get out. So I don't know. It's going to be tough. We really are going to have to play, play them like we played Drew Locke or how we would have played, you know, Bridgewater where it's just like, Hey, make Wentz beat us. Um, they have some, they have some good wide receivers out there. Um, Michael Pittman is one of his go-tos. Um, and I know he's back um, from, I think it was injury or COVID one of the two, but he's back. So that's going to be big for them, but I don't know. It's, they're not very scary on the offense side with weapons wise. They're just really, they're just really effective in the run time of possession. I'm a big time possession guys. Everyone knows, um, you know, they're just able to pound you and beat you up. And, and when they do that, you know, defense gets worn out and then, you know, they make their the opposing offense just say, hey, you guys got to beat us. You guys, you know, we're going to come at you. We're going to try to cause turnovers. I think they have like 11 straight games with a turnover. So they're always ripping at the ball, which doesn't bode well for us because we fumble a lot. Um, so it's just going to be – it's a tough two games when you got to win two to get in with the Colts and the Chargers. But we have to have – we got to be able to get home. We got we got to be able to force Wentz to beat us a little bit and send Max and, um, you know, Yannick at them. But – Really, but that comes down to the offense being effective and being able to put up points, and we haven't been able to do that, and that's just what scares me. So, you know, we've gone into Indianapolis and won. That was Phil Rivers. Uh, no, it was actually Jacoby Brissett, Eric Harris. Yeah, Eric Harris to the house. So, I don't know. It's just – it's just it's going to be a tough game, and the Raiders are – they've had such an up-and-down year, so much adversity that they faced that, I, you know, if we lose this game, I know I, – I think you said if we lose this game and the Chargers win, we're out. Is that how it works? Yeah, so I, I that I think basically nullifies our chances of getting in there. I mean, if maybe there's a way, I, I haven't really done it much, but I looking into it, if we lose, we need the Broncos to beat the Chargers for us to really have a, a decent shot at doing it. So we can dive into it more. We'll you know see how this game pans out, dive into it a little more after this week and see how it goes. If that does end up being the situation, I'm sure we're both going to be on the ESPN machine tinkering with every little thing that could possibly happen to see, you know, what would work for us to make it in there. But yeah, I think that if I'm not mistaken, it's pretty cut and dry that if we lose and the Chargers win, we're done. So yeah, point Dan just made is what's also scary is that, you know, their, their offense isn't doesn't scare you with the weapons that they have at receiver. Um, obviously Taylor's a stud, but um, Frank Wright is, is very creative um, in, the, in the plays that he calls and, and puts his guys in situations. So that's, you know, similar to what you see with Shanahan, you know, what, what you see with McVay, the, the best play callers is you see Jack Doyle, you know, creating plays for Jack Doyle to you know have 20 yard catches. You know, it's like he, he gets the guys, the ball, he's creative with getting um, Taylor out of the backfield too, in the passing game. So it's going to be a chess match there. And so they're able to supplement maybe lack of talent, top end talent with a creative scheme that Frank Wright um, brings. So it'll be a test. It'll be a test for us. Um, but, you know, if, if we're just banking on what we know, we have to be able to hold these guys under 24 points, you know, to have a shot just with how our offense has been. So it's going to be a tough test, but yeah, that's how I look at it. I'm not, I'm really not looking, I'm looking forward to the game because it's, it's going to be fun, but I'm just, I'm scared. You know, I've, I was, I've been positive and been really optimistic in the last couple of weeks, but I don't feel that way this week, but who knows any given Sunday. Um, and also the Chargers are playing the Broncos and they just got embarrassed in Houston. I just don't see that as like, man, hopefully the Broncos can come through, even though we want them to, we can't rely on frauds, Micah. That's just yeah. We can't rely on frauds, and you know this is kind of the first time that we've been in this situation where we really do control our own destiny because we've always been at a spot where we're like the Raiders need to win and this needs to happen, 
we're at this point where it's like the Rays need to win and then we can move on from there. So as far as what I'm looking at, I, I'm touching on your the turnover side of things. They are second in the league in turnovers. They're first in fumble recoveries and fumbles forced and fifth in uh, interceptions. So uh, if that didn't, you know, Perfect. that doesn't bode too well with like fumbles literally being like our, our kryptonite lately. And, you know, cars tendency to fumble when being pressured. So it's going to be very interesting. I really think on the offensive side of things, if we're going to have any success, and this may be a stupid comment, but we 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 just can't turn the ball over. We have to not. We have to limit our turnovers. That's been something that has killed drives very consistently for us this year. Um, and the fact that they are one of the best teams in the league at causing turnovers, uh, it just it could go south very quickly for us uh, in that regard. So, on the offense side, we're not getting you know. We're not losing a whole bunch of people from COVID or possibly getting stuff back. I think the defensive side of, of things is where um, that can really affect us, but also kind of looking at it on the upside of things, they're going to be missing both their tackles. Like you mentioned, Max and Yannick have to get after Wentz. I feel like Wentz is one of those guys that can escape and create plays, but also like completely demolish a drive because he does something stupid. So it's almost like, Escaping, yeah, escaping and creating plays almost sometimes will bode better for us than just letting right. him throw in the pocket. So that is one thing to look after, see if Max can kind of build off of this this awesome game that he had. Um, like you said, we saw last week how awesome it was having Perriman back. Broncos top, you know, running offense. We initially just shut him down. So uh, Williams and Gordon aren't Jonathan Taylor. So we'll see how that ends up working out. You know, getting both their starting guards back really helps it would have been nice if their whole offensive line outside of their center would have been there <laughs> but it's going to be interesting we're going to really it's going to it's going to come down to perriman and the linebacker stopping the run this is going to be a stupid statement that i'm about to make because i'm literally going to say that it has to do with everybody on each level playing good <laughs> but max needs to get to the quarterback linebackers need to be able to you know like you said make wins do stuff make wins beat us shut jonathan taylor down or at least limit him nobody's really been able to do that this year which is unfortunate i don't necessarily know if i see the raiders being that team to do it uh, with the way our defense is played but the run game is where our strength has been as of lately so i think yeah. it really helps getting facing back um he's been very very good um uh, you know hopefully hayward's back as well if we can have both those guys there it's going to go a long way in, in helping on the outside with Pittman and some of their their weapons that they have at receivers. So I don't know, man, it's going to be, like you said, very interesting. Well, yeah. And, and if I, I guess I can be a little bit more optimistic here. It's like, I, I think we can match up with them across the board with our, with our DBs and our, and our safeties. And so that's something that we haven't been able to say for a long time, but I, I really trust Hayward. I trust Hobbs. I trust uh, Morgan, the back end, even Trufant played pretty well um, last week too, against um, a good Denver wide receiving core, better wide receiving core than the Colts have. So, I mean, I don't think our approach really should change um, as far as kind of cramming the box or at least playing, like we can play man against these guys, which would allow us to kind of shrink the field a little bit. And I think you saw us shut down and I, I get it. It was um, Nick Mullins, but you saw us shut down Chubb. Um, and when he gashed us, it was because it was after turnovers, you know, it was after Brown's long drives where they punted or field goal or whatever. And then a quick turnover and the defense has to get back on the field. They just get worn out. So the complimentary football is us being able to at least keep, you know, keep drives going on the offensive side and be able to at least get some points on the board to where our defense isn't just like, hey, save us, you know, save us whole time. And then also, I think that we have um, weapons on the offense where we I feel good one on one there, but it's just 
you know, it's, can we dial up, you know, some creative plays? Can we actually, you know, there's one thing to have dudes and, and good scheme or whatever, but you have to be able to execute. We, I think we've seen a lot of execution issues um, too. So it'll be interesting to see how we try to attack them in the running game. Um, but yeah, sorry to hijack your side, but um, it's just, I feel optimistic as far as like, if you want to just talk man on man, I feel good. I just don't know about the style of play that their defense has, like you touched on with the the aggressiveness and, and the way that they go after the, um, you know, the ball to strip it and force turnovers. That's, we've just, we've done that just to our own self. We fumbled just because we wanted to, you know, like Jacobs last week. So yeah. Well, and Carr had one, I think the week before where he just like hit off of his own other arm or his own like yeah, leg. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the last point is that is that like we've been able to survive the multiple turnover games because even though we didn't, you know, we scored what 16 points against the Browns, 17 against the Broncos, we were still moving the ball. Like we were still able to like like get get across midfield and can continue to march down. And the turnovers hampered us where the, they'd get the ball and go back the other way. But when we get back on the offense side, we're still able to move the ball. We just have to like if if we can move the ball on these guys, great. I think Denver has probably a better scheme um, defensive wise, but um, I think the Colts have a couple more dudes on their side that it's just going to be tough where, you know, we have to be able to execute and be able to battle back from, and I know we're kind of assuming there's going to be turnovers, but you know, that's the, the good teams are, are the ones that even though they do turn the ball over, they're able to come back and still march down the field. So we'll see. It's, it's just going to come down to the offense. I know that everything is scary with Jonathan Taylor, but it's going to come down to the offense. And at some point in this year, even though we have two games left, it's like they got to be able to, to win a game for the defense. So keep them fresh, keep them off the field and, and allow them to, you know, to us to be able to be aggressive and put Wentz in, Hey, you're down two scores. And now we got to make him beat us, you know, that's obviously the name of the game there. So I'll, I'll put everything in the box just to stop Jonathan Taylor and say, beat us. Go ahead, Wentz. I don't care. He's got a better arm than the arms we played the last couple of games. But um, I think that the approach, even if it was Sam Ellinger or Carson Wentz, should just still be the same. So, Yeah, I completely agree because I, I feel like if you're going to trust Carson Wentz to win in a shootout, I don't think that that bodes well for you. I think, you know as much as Jonathan Taylor can go and just gash and gash and gash. And, you know, if, if our offense can, you know, match points and put up touchdowns when they put up touchdowns. And if it's something that turns into, you know, a high scoring game and you got to, you know, ask Carson Wentz to go out there and, and, you know, drive down the field as far as, you know, making some throws and stuff like that. I think that's you know, like kind of insane. Make Carson Wentz make plays. If you got to trust on him, I think we have a good shot. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting. Jonathan Taylor could also go off for like 200 yards and three touchdowns and games over at halftime. So yeah, not trying to think that way, but you know, I guess the last, sorry, the last point I would say on, on defense for us is, is where I feel good is that, you know, if you just look at the Cardinals game last week where they, with no offensive line, they're able to gash them. The Cardinals are very thin up the middle. You know, they're very thin as far as like their D tackles, they're, more kind of faster, you know, get to the quarterback guys. And so they, the Colts just love to pound you between the tackles. And so I think with Hankins and, you know, coming back and Phylon having a good game last week and Perriman is, he's a run stopper first and foremost. He's not, we don't put him there to be this coverage linebacker. So um, I think we can, we can hold our own pretty strongly um, between the tackles. So I think that's something that we're going to have to force him to run kind of that stretch, you know, that zone stretch run um, scheme that, that we've seen from the Browns as well, but Anyways, I, I think that we it, we bode well as far as being able to stop the run between the tackles. It's just when it gets loose and when someone gets pinched on the end that um, we can be exposed. And, and Taylor's he's got home run speed, so that's where it could just be night night. You know, if he just finds one seam, so we'll see, we'll see. We will see. Well, 
there's not much else to do except going to going to Sunday, hoping that we can get this W. So, well, prediction time. We're gonna go around the table. We're gonna give our predictions. Everyone, everyone here is gonna give their predictions. Okay, so um, I will start. Okay, I'm gonna start. Raiders seven point dogs. I think they cover. All right. I don't. If if I was just going to bet, I don't think we come out with a, a dub. Um, I think it's um, somewhere around. 27 21 28 i'll say 28 24 um where we lose i i just it's going to take a lot it's going to take a pretty dang good performance um, on the offense and um something that dan mentioned too is is that the colts are a playoff team and we're a playoff or we're a team that's hoping to be a playoff team you know we're, we're really trying our best to be a playoff team they, they've shown a lot of signs the back half of the year too to be someone that no one really wants to see late in the playoffs especially with their approach um when it gets colder or being able to just pound you. So I'll say Colts 28, 24. I don't love it guys, but I'm just being honest. So. Yeah. Well then I'll be the, I'll be the uh, optimistic one, right? Okay. The Raiders need a W. And I think that we have enough to squeak out a W in this one, right? All these points that you're pointing out, all these things that we're saying, I'm talking myself into it. All right. I'm talking myself into this win. I think we're going to win like we have all these other games on a Daniel Carlson field goal. Uh, so I am going to call a, let's see, we're going to call a 23-21 victory by the Raiders down by one game-winning field goal. So that's it. That's that's the that's the tweet. You know, we got to keep them under 24 points, like you said, and we do do that. So 23-21. All right, um, Mike and I went just went and saw Spider Man, and in Spider Man they said if you expect disappointment, it won't be as bad when it really happens. So I'm going to say Colts 38, Raiders 13. Oh, <laughs> wow. Look at you. Getting all get, getting all MJ on us. Psychology. Yeah, there it's you like go. MJ taught me. Yeah, well, that's kind of uh, – I, I, I was trying to rock out a little bit last time uh, when I predicted them to lose, I think, to Dallas. They ended up beating Dallas. And so, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll work. We'll see what happens. But I like the reverse psychology. We're all across the board there with predictions, but um, I did need to um, step in. There is a late breaking announcement that the organization has rolled out. And and just so everyone knows, we did not forget about our yearly awards. Um, and the news just broke. And the Raider Take Podcast Listener of the Year is none other than Meldrumy, Dan Meldrum. Clap it up for Meldrumy. <laughs> shocking. Yeah, we wonder why we wanted you on this episode. It was a secret surprise announcement. I feel like Tom Flores going into the Hall of Fame. This should have happened years ago. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Dad. voted for Dad. So. But you said awards. So there's hey, other, there should be other awards, shouldn't there? Uh, there, there is other awards. Um, but those, you know, we're st- we're still figuring that out. But. We needed to release this um, as soon as we got the news, and no one more deserving than than Mel Dreamy. So, Mel Dreamy, thank you for your efforts. Let's clap it up for Mel Dreamy one more time, guys. Well, that was our preview. Uh, we hope you guys like it. Congra- congratulations to Mel Dreamy on winning uh, this year's award. Uh, you know, I big landslide, to be honest with you. You know, but yeah, we're excited. We're excited that. Uh, that he's put in so much work this year coming on the pod and it's well-deserved, but big game this week going into Indianapolis, play the Colts. Uh, hopefully we can get a W it's a little, it's a little scary. I'm not big on playing the Colts around Christmas um, after Christmas was ruined in 2016. So 
Um, I guess in that regards, we can just expect disappointment every time we play them near Christmas, but hope we get a W. Yeah. And one thing uh, I forgot to mention is obviously the passing of John Madden. Um, very unfortunate. Rest in peace. He was, he was huge to the game. We're going to talk. Um, we're going to give him his roses um, on the podcast next week. So um, there's a documentary that came out about him, but we'll, we'll spend an episode just talking about Madden, sharing our thoughts because he was a big impact to the NFL, to our household, to everyone. So, um, so hopefully we can use some of, some of that, that juju, some of that, just let's, let's win one for John, you know, and this one's for John, John Elway, but um, anyways, RIP John Madden. We're going to do it for you this week. Hopefully, hopefully it's not 38, 13, you know, but we'll, we'll, we'll do our best, but it'll be a fun one, man. It's big time. Um, this playoff football. So um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we just we just need something to go right, you know. We just need something to go right and actually look like a team that should be winning ball games. But we'll be tested on Sunday, um, and we'll see how it goes. But Raider Nation, love you guys. Mel Dreamy, congratulations! And then yeah, stand up, sit down, all around. Happy New Year, everyone! Thank you so much for um, for the love and following us all year. I'm glad we we're able to cap it off this way um, on the last day of 2021. But see you guys next year. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, all of our handles are on the screen. If you're listening on the podcast, go watch us on YouTube. So we uh, have an exciting game coming up. We hope you guys have a great New Year's. Please stay safe. Uh, don't drink and drive. Going to this next New Year, uh, hoping that the Raiders have a shot at the playoffs again next week. So love you guys. And uh, we will see y'all. We'll see you next year. Micah, cue that music.